Welcome to the Daily Bible Podcast, a show intended to help you get more out of your everyday time in the Word. This is a ministry of Compass Bible Church in North Texas, and if you'd like to join along with our daily Bible reading program, you can do so by going to compassntx.org and clicking on the Daily Bible Reading tab. Thanks for joining in for today's episode of the Daily Bible Podcast. Hey, welcome to another episode of the Daily Bible Podcast. Yo, yo, yo. It is uh, a new month. July wow, 1st. July. So if you need to make your rent payment, mortgage payment, whatever you need to make, Don't go, ahead forget. And go ahead and do that. Do that. Because it's due. Be good stewards. Yep. Yep. But we are glad we're in a, a new month. And Thank God, man. Yeah. Last month was, oof. Yeah. Just couldn't avoid a lot of advertisements, man. I was like, I got to shield my eyes from everything. It's true. You can go back to Target. You can go back to, what? what oh, Ikea, probably. Probably. Yeah. Places like that. You can go back. Um, some of your guys are like, I, I, if I never, you know, you I, know. I didn't leave. Um <laughs> Yeah, and it's it's month number two of, of summer. I know summer technically doesn't start until like June twentieth, but when yeah. you live in places like Texas, like where where we are, it, it starts earlier than that. So we're I, I like to think we're in the second month here. <laughs> I would I would take it. Yeah, except July. I mean, we're we're looking at hot days until at October at the earliest. Yikes! So buckle up. That sounds fun. Thanks. Yeah, aren't you glad? Aren't you glad that you're here? Love that I'm here, man. Yeah, it's amazing. Listen, we came from Southern California where we'll just have so much of a greater appreciation for the new heavens and the new earth. Just look at it that way <laughs> because the contrast will be so much bigger for us than it is for the people living in, you know, sunny Southern California where it's 72 and, and no clouds in the sky. I mean, I, I would, okay. As a, as a long-term Californian, I could say that the perfect weather character characterization is overstated. It's not, it's, it's good weather, yeah. but I wouldn't say it's anywhere. I mean, it, there was really hot days where we had the there AC were. on. I had the AC on for 15 minutes back in California and $3,000 later, my right. electricity bill came at me like, ha, <laughs> you know, right. that's, what you, that's what you get for living here. Right. So this is, man, my electricity bill this month was a, a breath of fresh air. Right. And, and it was cool fresh air too. Fresh air. <laughs> I see what you did there. Hey, somebody else is going to really appreciate the new heavens and the new earth is Job. Yes, he will. Talk about contrast. I mean, he does end up pretty well, even at the end of the story, but yes, the Spoiler contrast alert. would be great. Yeah. Oh, did they, did you not know guys? I'm sorry. I should have told you. Maybe not. Maybe I should have let you know. Spoiler alert. Hey, we're in Job 21 and 22 today. And in, in 21, uh, Job answers Zophar and, and his answer to Zophar, Zophar has just basically summarized to say, Hey, the wicked suffer. Look at, look at what God does. The wicked get what they deserve. Job basically challenges Zophar in this chapter to say, God's ways are not as simple as you make them out to be. He doesn't always do what you expect him to do. And sometimes the wicked do prosper. And that's what Job kind of goes into here uh, versus... That's yeah. the heading of chapter 21, Pastor PJ. Did you know that? I, I saw it. Did, and you it, didn't change it. I didn't. And it pained me a little bit to just like <laughs> grab that. But, but it's did. a good it's summarization. Okay. That one yeah. actually really is good. I thought about like cheaters never prosper, but then it, nobody's <laughs> cheating at this point. Prosper. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Verses seven, eight, nine, Job asks the question. He says, why do the wicked live then and reach an old age and grow mighty in power? And their offspring are established in their presence and their descendants before their eyes. Their houses are safe from fear and there's no rod of God upon them. Why, Zophar, if, if the wicked suffer the way that you're so confident that they do, how do you explain that? Um, he goes down in verse 13. They spend their days, the wicked do in prosperity and in peace, even they go down to Sheol. They die fat and happy. Yeah. What, what, what's your explanation from that? Uh, back in, in uh, Job 18, verse 5, Bildad, when he was speaking, had said, hey, you know what? The, the lamp of the wicked is put out. 
Well, if you look down at verse 17 in chapter 21, Job responds to Bildad even in, in this diatribe. And he says, how often is it that the lamp of the wicked is put out? Their calamity comes upon them, that, that God distributes pains in his anger, right? He's saying to Bildad, how, okay, you said that the lamp of the wicked gets snuffed out. But how always, often, right? How yeah. often does that actually really happen? It's, right. it's a good principle for you to throw out there. It sounds like a good platitude and maybe it encourages the righteous person who's not suffering that, Hey, the wicked are going to get their own. But really, do we see that that often? That's what he's asking here. Um, and it's a, a principle that we find outside of scripture or not outside of scripture, outside of Job Proverbs, Proverbs is in the Bible, <laughs> uh, but Proverbs 13, nine and twenty twenty both talk about the lamp of the wicked being extinguished. And so it's a, a biblical principle, but Job, yeah. But Job's just saying it doesn't always happen that way. Yeah, he even tells he even tells him like, dude, uh, verse twenty nine. Have you not asked those who travel the roads? Like, I mean, come ask around. This, right. is, this I'm not talking about something that's only happening in a corner. This is happening all over the place, all the time. Just ask around if you don't see it yourself. Right, right. And even in verse thirty four, here's what he he indicts them with. He says, "How then will you comfort me with empty nothings?" I like that. Empty use that. nothings. There's nothing left of your answers but falsehood. Um, in other words, hey, your platitudes, save them. I don't, I don't need them. What you're saying doesn't hold true. And so just stop is basically what he's, what he's arguing there. But verse 27, he really indicts them uh, pretty severely here. He says in verse 27, I know your thoughts and your schemes. Uh, you're planning to wrong me. Uh, there's questions as to what did Joe mean by that? Were they planning you know, financial harm on him? Were they planning? What, what were they really after? I, I, I think they're just, the, the harm here is just the, the, piling on on this indictment of his character and saying clearly you must have done something wrong and they're trying to shame him and cause guilt and condemnation upon him and he's just saying i know what you're after you're, you're after my harm and not my good um so then keep your your empty nothings because i don't need them anymore yeah that's kind of 21 job saying hey not so fast god's not as simple as you might make him out to be in this there are different ways to see what god is doing here and some of it we just can't explain I think there's a lesson in that for us, Pastor PJ, in that we should not simplify God. So sure. often we like, and, and don't we all like those nice theological boxes and categories? And I'd say that they're not useful. They are. But so often God defies our, our little thoughts mm. with his greatness and his majesty. And I think that's part of Job's point here. You, you pretend to know exactly how God works. And the reality is that none of us have minds capable of comprehending all that God is and all the ways that God works. And that's going to be God's point, really, when he confronts Job with this. And I think it's important for all of us to recognize, even as we read our Bibles, we become Bible students, Bible scholars, as we said yesterday, uh, that doesn't mean that we have God figured out. We never will. And therefore, the, the appropriate posture before God and his scripture is humility. When we see the lives of others, we see the way that God is interacting with them. We should not deduce A plus B always equals C. God often violates our expectations with the ways that he works. And that's just who God is. He gets to be God. He gets to do what he wants. Therefore, let us be humble and submissive to those workings. And be encouraged by that, Christian, because if we can explain everything about God, then he ceases to be God and he's just a figment of our imagination. Like he, he becomes something that we've created if he makes sense entirely to us. Right. But the fact that we bump into to his infinitude with our finitude reminds us that he's God and we're not. And that, that's, there's something, and that's, what's going to happen with Job. Uh, spoiler alert there too, right? <gasps> As this unfolds is that's going to be what, what the conclusion that Job ultimately gets to It's like, okay, I'm going to sit down and shut up because Put my I, hand over my mouth. I get it. I can't yeah. wrap my mind around everything that you do. It's not mine to know everything that you do. Right. And that's true for us too, but that's encouraging because it means that he's God and he's sovereign and he's there and, and he's good and he's good. We can trust him. Right. 
Right. If he was a bad God, then that wouldn't be good news. But because he's good, we can be okay with not knowing. Right. I just got heavy C.S. Lewis Aslan vibes there. <laughs> is, is he safe? No. No, of course not. But, but he's, he's good. good. Well, Eliphaz can't help himself. I mean, we, we sometimes we talk about Peter with the foot-shaped mouth, the apostle with the foot-shaped mouth. Eliphaz is that guy here. He, he's got to chime in. And this is the beginning we mentioned before. There's three cycles of Job and his friends going back and forth. This is the beginning of the third cycle. And Eliphaz speaks up and he just lights into Job. And he uh, basically spends this chapter confronting Job again, listing this time specific sins. Making some charges. Yeah. Hey, Job, this is specifically what you've done. And he refutes the idea that the wicked prosper before uh, calling for repentance mm. from Job. Um, but yeah, I mean, he, he goes after him with pretty specific charges here that I, I kind of wonder where he's pulling this from because God just commended up, Job. Yeah, just making it up. Right. Is not your evil abundant? Verse five. There's no end to your iniquities. You've exacted pledges from your brother of your brothers for nothing, and stripped the naked of their clothing. You've given no water to the weary to drink. You've withheld bread from the hungry. Uh, again, where where's the evidence? Of I think this? he's throwing spaghetti against the wall to see what sticks to Job. Right. To see if Job's like, ah, oh, you got me. You found me, buddy. Or or even if Job is like, oh yeah, I haven't thought about that. I did do that. I, <laughs> right oh yeah now he's, that you mention it yeah he's he's fishing right trying to <laughs> exactly tr- just figure out what's Spaghetti going on. against the wall yeah you sent widows away empty yeah there's there's no hard evidence here in fact there's quite the contrary god's not going to call somebody blameless and upright who has all of these things hanging around him if right. this is job's character god's not going to commend him at the beginning of the book in this way so this is all false right and then he goes on in verse 12 through 20 to refute the idea that Job had put forward that the wicked do prosper sometimes. And he, he calls on God and, and says, no, God's the one in the heavens. He sees the highest stars and how lofty they are. But you say, Job, mm. what does God know? Mm. Um, thick clouds veil him so he does not see. He's, he's basically saying, Job, quit demeaning God when really that's not what Job was doing at all. Uh, and, and Job was not indicting God. Job, Job was just trying to tell his friends, hey, we, we can't, like we just talked about, we can't explain all there is to explain about him. But Eliphaz is trying to say, hey, Job, watch what you're doing. You need to remember God's in charge and the wicked do get what they deserve. And then finally, he calls again on Job to repent, verses 21 and following, agree with God and be at peace. Um, and again, here, the danger, we, we've talked about this before so many times in Job, he presumes to speak for God. Agree with God. Yeah, that's pretty bold. Okay, yeah. Eliphaz. Yeah, exactly. Okay. I, I agree about what, right? And and we know, again, we, as the readers, we know God's assessment of Job was he was a blameless man and an upright man. And so, Eliphaz, are you asking him to, to agree with God in that regard? No, he's he's presuming to understand something that he doesn't understand. And that's kind of, I guess, the, the theme of these two chapters that we're looking at in the Old Testament this morning is, yeah, 21 and 22, we need to be careful not to try to explain what we can't explain about God. And Job does a good job of that. Eliphaz, not so much. Yeah, and thankfully, we're, we're going to be out of Job's, this Job's arguments with his friends soon enough. But hang in there. This is tough reading. And sometimes it could be a bit confusing what they're saying. It sounds like a lot of repetition, and there is. But hang in there. The payout is worth it. Just keep going. Well, so we flip over to Acts in our New Testament reading. Acts chapter 10. Um, a pretty cool interaction here between uh, Peter and Cornelius. Um, it says at Caesarea, there was a, a man named Cornelius, a centurion of what was known as the Italian cohort. So uh, dealing with somebody who's not a Jew at this Ooh. point, we are dealing with what the, the biblical terminology would be a Gentile. 
Um, and that word has lost its significance for us, but it was not, uh, it was not a welcome uh, term. It was, um, somebody who was, was outside of Israel and, and the kingdom and the, the offers and the promises were not for the Gentiles. And so the Jewish people, though they were supposed to be, a, a, even in the old Testament and an evangelistic nation, they were supposed to, to be the light to the, the, the nations. They were supposed to call people and there were proselytes that would come in and, and join into Israel. By and large, it had become this notion that, that the Gentiles were on the outside and the Jews were on the inside. And that still kind of exists here during the expansion of the early church. And Peter and the rest of the apostles are trying to figure out how do we navigate these waters? And we're going to see that come to a head later on in the book of Acts with the Jerusalem Council in chapter 15 and so forth and so on. But we're beginning to see the, the outset of it here. Well, Cornelius has this vision and uh, Cornelius is descri- described as a God fearer, which I've always loved that, but I don't fully know what that would have looked like. Um, what did it mean that he was a God fearer? What did that look like for him? What did he know? Yeah. It was enough that God intervened and sends him uh, a message that says, Hey, go in and call for Peter. Meanwhile, Peter's having a vision himself. Interesting. And, uh, he sees this sheet descend and, and praise God for this, right? If you like meat mm, and you like bacon on it in yeah. and out burger, there's all sorts of good Hutchins barbecue Ooh. is all over the sheet. Oof. Yeah. And the, the voice says, arise, kill and eat. And, and Peter says, by no means, Lord, I've never eaten anything common or unclean. Again, yeah. he's dealing with ceremonial law in Judaism. What would make somebody clean versus unclean? Um, and, and he says, I'm not, I'm not going to do that. And it said this happened three times. And the voice came a second time. What God has made clean, do not call common. Again, three times this happens. And it's taken up at once. Um, and, and Peter's confused. Is there any connection to the fact that Peter had to be told three times, Peter, feed my sheep, tend my lambs? I, I wonder if this is, is, is this a Peter thing that he has to hear things this many times or is this God you're really trying to make the point clear? I, 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 I want to I want to see a little bit of humor in this and showing it to Peter three yeah. times. Yeah, it's possible for sure. I, I, it, he's my namesake. I, I was named after him and sometimes I need things. I see so many parallels, yeah. bro. Awesome. So <laughs> many parallels. That's encouraging. I think. <laughs> Maybe not. I don't know. Um, Anyways, it says in verse 19, as he's thinking about this, as he's pondering this, it, it just this is a cool chapter just to see how God is orchestrating all of these things together. Because it says, as he's doing this, the, the, the spirit comes to him and says, hey, these three men are, are looking for you. Rise and go down and accompany them without hesitation, for I have sent them. Peter goes down to them and says, I'm the one you're looking for. And they say, hey, look, this Gentile uh, centurion named Cornelius, an upright God-fearing man who's well-spoken of by the whole Jewish nation, uh, he was directed by a holy angel to send for you to come to his house. So he invited them to be his guests. The next day, it says in verse 23, he arose and went away with them, and some of the brothers from Joppa accompanied him. Ah. What was Peter thinking at this point? He's got this vision, the sheet descending. There's all of these unclean animals on it. There's this voice arise, kill and eat. And it doesn't say that he came around to understand it at this point. He's still pondering it. And then all of a sudden there's this Gentile centurion that wants to see him because a holy angel told him he needs to find Peter. Like what a, what a crazy scene that's happening. What a time to be alive in the early church. I mean, yeah. so much is happening here. I mean, we didn't, we don't think we touched on this in, in chapter nine, but in verse 43, Peter's staying with a guy in Joppa who's a tanner. He tans animal skins. Mm. That would have been unclean. Yep. P- Peter would have been uncomfortable with that, I'm sure, at least a little bit. And now he's being fully confronted by God to say, dude, the game is now changing. The dispensation has now mm-hmm. arrived. 
in a new way. It's a new scheme of things. And so Peter's, I'm sure, struggling with this, which is, again, uh, we kind of already touched on this, but God does things, man. He does things that violate our expectations. And that's the kind of God that I can follow. He's yeah. exciting. He doesn't fit in our cookie cutter preconceptions. Granted, he's always going to do things consistent with his word. This is not inconsistent. This is not a surprise. God already promised that he would do this in the Old Testament. But it's exciting to see what God does, man. If you follow Jesus, recognize that to follow Jesus is to have an exciting life. God does great things. I was in California this time last year thinking about how I'd be in here in Texas. And man, following Jesus makes all the sense in the world. It's exciting. It's good. Do what Peter does and submit, even if he has to tell you three times. Yeah, so good. So good. Can't improve upon that. We are so thankful that you are here and that you are following along with us in the daily Bible reading. And uh, we're excited to keep going and find out what happens with the rest of Peter's story and Simon. Mm, I wonder. Not Simon, but um, Cornelius and the rest of them. So tune in again tomorrow for another episode of the Daily Bible Podcast. Go have some Hutchins. Hey, thanks for joining us for another episode of the Daily Bible Podcast. We hope and pray this has been a blessing to you and your time in the Word. If it has, if you would subscribe to this podcast, leave a like, leave a comment, and share it with some friends and family, that would be awesome. If you need more information about Compass Bible Church here in North Texas, you can go to compassntx.org. Again, that's compassntx.org. And we'll be back with you tomorrow for another episode of the Daily Bible Podcast. (laughs) 